I've been clear of quarantine for a couple of days now. Uh, I haven't released a podcast episode in a month. There were a lot of things that went into that. Tons, actually. So let's try to tell that story as quickly as possible. On uh, June 26th, I said goodbye to Maggie the Wonder Mutt. The best friend I've had for 15 years. Maggie had slipped into canine dementia. Um, everything was scary to her. She didn't know where she was and, and oftentimes didn't know who I am. Although I like to think that at the end, when I was holding her, that she knew who I was and felt safe. I came home from that and, and I, I felt emotionally numb. I knew I had made the right decision for her and I was at peace with that, but I felt numb. And then Saturday I couldn't get out of bed. And then Sunday I didn't want to move. Sunday I started having some congestion. I live in the south, so it's not unusual for me to have an allergy attack. I spent the day watching movies with my girlfriend and relaxing and just admitting that I would be better. Sunday night I broke a fever, 100 degrees. Lasted about an hour, I didn't think much of it. People had told me about the physical symptoms of grief. I've never really experienced them that way. Plenty of grief, just never a physical manifestation of it. By Tuesday, by Monday, I went into a, into a staff meeting for work and then afterwards felt like I had run a marathon. On Tuesday, a cold developed. On Wednesday, the fever locked in. That Monday, I'd found out by happenstance that someone at the veterinary clinic had tested positive that week for COVID-19. I contacted medical, found a time to get tested, but I live in Charleston where there's a surge of the virus, so it took a long time. I waited over a week for a test. I didn't have the energy to go wait in the line for four hours, so taking the free test that would take me a week to get seemed logical. I coughed, fought fever, fatigue, lost my sense of smell, my desire to eat, mostly my need to eat, taste, you name it, I lost it including around 10 pounds. I got short of breath doing anything. And there were two nights when I got short of breath walking small distances and began to worry that at 40, maybe it was time to discover a comorbidity. By surprise, as those things usually happen. And did my best to not fear that I would end up on a respirator and possibly die. 
you're hearing from me because that didn't happen. But I'd be lying to you if I told you that I didn't think about it. I'm clearly better. For a couple of days now, I've been able to go outside if I choose. The core symptoms are gone. Now it's just recovering from the fatigue of fighting a virus. I'm not talking about it because I expect sympathy. I'm describing to you what a, by definition, mild case of the COVID-19 virus looks like. Mild because I didn't have to be hospitalized. So by medical definition, my case was mild. For two weeks, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. During the time I was sick, other people in my age range, friends of friends, and including some friends of mine, contracted the same thing, tested positive. In many cases, they ended up on respirators. In two cases, they died. Not much older than me. What the fuck are we doing? I'm generally not a political podcast. I, I don't talk about a lot of this stuff. I don't know. I'm, I'm a moderate. It makes it more comfortable to avoid a lot of these conversations, right? I don't have to pick sides. I don't have to deal with it. Even with COVID, I have been happy with the people that decided to wear masks and, and look out for other people, but also tried to respect the freedom of those who chose not to. And I know there's some coarse language and I'm not sorry about that because it needs to be said with it. What the fuck are we doing? The world, it, it, it didn't change. That's the saddest part. This isn't new. It didn't change. I was born in 1980, and the, the, the dichotomy, the, the, the not dichotomy, the, the prevailing paradigm of the 80s was that greed was good. It was the same time we said racism was dead because I was the part of the post-racial generation. All oh, crap. Greed never went away. It stayed. The freedom argument has nothing to do with your freedom. I have the freedom to swing my fist, but it ends where I'm going to hit someone in the face, doesn't it? What are we doing? I'm, I'm recording because I came out and told a lot of people that I dealt with COVID. And, uh, you know, some people expressed concern and I decided maybe it was time to go back to the podcast. But I don't have any funny witticisms for you. I don't have any nifty little quips. I don't have any odd stories. And I've purposely excluded my co-host Georgia from this because I don't want to force her stamp on my stance. Even though I know she agrees with me, this isn't, you know, or she doesn't need to do this. Because I'm going to say this and a bunch of people are going to fire back about their freedom and their liberty and how it's their right and yada, yada, yada. The same people that, you know, will point out only 951 people in Charles in South Carolina died. It's no big deal. Great. Then let's kill 951 people at random by lottery. And everyone's got to put their name in the hat, including your kids, including your grandparents. And if you pull the bad lottery ticket, sucks to be you. 
What the fuck are we doing? How lost are we? I always feared some people were morally bankrupt, but how morally bankrupt have we become? Think about it. For so long we've heard these arguments. I have heard arguments because of my time in the military and my proximity to people. Because I'm a moderate and I try to talk to people on all sides of issues and seek to understand. But we have people out there who talked about your moral bankruptcy because you're a man who loves a man or a woman who loves a man or somebody who identifies themselves in the wrong gendered body when they were born and is just trying to make some kind of sense of this world that can be so hard to make sense of it. And that became moral bankruptcy, but it's okay to not put on a fucking piece of cloth because the person who dies isn't related to you, so fuck them. Yeah, it fires me up. If you think a gay man or a lesbian woman is morally bankrupt, but you think putting on a mask over your face is an inconvenience and you shouldn't have to do it because it's not that bad and only 951 people died, look in a mirror. Because I assure you, the morally bankrupt person is not the man who loves another man. It is the asshole looking back at you who doesn't care about the lives of other people. I promise you that. How morally bankrupt have we become when we cease to care about the lives of others in the face of our convenience? And P.S. to the six Buddhists, I use that term remarkably loosely, I know, who've tried to defend this over the time and then finally capitulated because of compassion, go back and read your holy texts, guys. Because I have, and I assure you, the Buddha disagrees with where you started this position on. Last I checked, Buddhism was a religion that talked about suffering as the constant state of the universe, not about convenience and comfort and how you need to fight for your personal liberty. That was where compassion came from, because we all suffer. If you're coming to that game late, then you're probably a pretty shitty Buddhist, huh? It applies to Christians, too, that heard love thy neighbor and then started talking about their rights because their neighbor doesn't matter. It applies across the board. I'm fired up and I'm talking about an issue that I'm sure is going to lose me, listeners, and I don't care. If you're listening to this and it bothers you and you think you shouldn't listen to me again, then unsubscribe. Walk away. Because I'm not talking about the inconvenience of a piece of cloth, and I'm not talking about government interference. The reason the government made the law is because you wouldn't wear the cloth to begin with on your own. Because you found any reason and excuse not to. And because the harsh reality is that another person's potential loss of life did not matter more than your inconvenience. And for most of you, you never bothered to serve your country anyway, so your patriotism makes me ill. Physically ill. Yeah, I went on a rant. And you know why I've gone on a rant? And you know why this rant happens on a podcast called Confessions of a Working Writer? Because I laid in a sickbed for well close to two weeks fighting a fever and thinking, I haven't done enough as a writer. I have been a passive critic. 
I have held these opinions, but I have sought to find writing that harmonizes and brings together. But it is not harmonized or brought together. It's just created a vacant space where people can feel morally justified because I put a smile on their face because I wanted to meet a hundred people in a hundred days. I don't regret doing that project. It taught me things. It was valid and valuable at the time, but it is a new world with a new era and a new list of things to be done. And just as vocally as I championing artists trying to do their thing and find their way in the world and not getting taken, just as I've criticized people at networking events for taking advantage of creatives who are trying to build something for themselves and put it out there, and they just go, oh, I'd love to help you out, but they're lying because they have no intention of it unless you're going to give them money because that entire dichotomy is bullshit, just like all of that. I'm talking about wearing a piece of cloth on your face, and I'm talking about the fact that this, this one thing, and the just die-hard vehemence with which people argue should be a big, ringing clarion call to ask yourself, is the United States really the shining beacon on the hill if we're that morally bankrupt that we don't care about the lives of our own people? And that's a confession of a working writer because I can't listen to that anymore and I can't think about that anymore and not put that voice out into the world. So I'm telling you about my time with COVID and the death of my dog and the fact that my life looks like a country western song these days. Because it's time that you knew how writers work and the honesty that comes when we change and pivot. Because the guy that wrote about 100 Connections and Everybody's Wonderful is about to ask questions about why, if everybody's wonderful, they're not doing so wonderful. Because the guy who loves people really loves them, hates how they treat each other. And it's time to talk less about loving the people and talk more about how they treat each other. Writers write. Look, if this isn't what you expect from my podcast and this is enough to get you to go, go. You have my blessing. By all means, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. If you don't like hearing me talk about these things, <laughs> stop reading, stop listening, because it's happening now. We have surges across the country because we won't wear a mask because we don't want to be inconvenienced. Because our convenience is more important than your life and we just don't want to admit that. Think about that for a minute. Maybe start looking at the mask less as an inconvenience and more as the right thing. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But I wanted to open the curtain and show you how the sausage is made, the behind the scenes of what leads a writer to decide it's time to talk about something else. And it's time to change the focus a little. And it's honest and authentic and that's what I've tried to be. If you're sick with this, I know what you're going through. Take it easy, lay back, drink some fluids. Don't be afraid to go to the hospital and get help. Take care of others. 
If you're wondering that I yelled at you and you're feeling bad about it, just put the mask on and start keeping some distance and taking care of people. Start asking yourself how messed up your priorities are. And if you heard this and you're like, I hate that guy and I'm never talking to him again, then unsubscribe and walk away. You're not hurting my feelings at all. I want y'all to be better. I want me to be better. I want humans to just start treating each other a little bit better. That's it. That's all I've got for you. That's my big confession. Till next time.